Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. Take your Bible and turn uh, to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Got just a... Uh, a simple, I guess, or a short word that the Lord has uh, put on my heart tonight. I was praying the other day, and, I, and this this passage of Scripture came to me, and so just want to share just a little bit about that tonight. Uh, if you if you want to put a title on it, it's it's the good work. Uh, the good work. Uh, <clears throat> Philippians chapter 1, and uh, I want to start reading with verse 12. Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to read uh, three or four verses, and then I want to go back to the first part <clears throat> of chapter 1 and read some. Uh, to kind of give you an update on, on what's going on here in this uh, passage of Scripture, uh, Paul is is in prison. He's been in prison for the gospel. And um, we don't know all the, all the details, but we do know that, uh, that he is in prison. So in verse 12, I want us to pick up. Uh, Paul said this, But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds, notice that, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding either way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ 
shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Now I want to go back uh, in the first part, and actually verse 6. <coughs> I want to read, read verse 6. Paul said this, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to, in verse 6, Paul said, he talked about being confident in some, he talked about being confident actually in the work, the good work that uh, God had begun in the, in the church of Philippi or the Philippian believers. And he said, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you uh, will perform it until the day uh, of Jesus Christ. Now, before we go to the other verses that we just read, I want to set something up there because as I read that the other day, uh, you know, sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to perform. We've got to do a certain way. We've got to, uh, we've got to follow certain guidelines that, that uh, maybe uh, people have uh, set before us. Maybe it's, maybe it's ideas that we have in our mind that I've got to, uh, I've got to pray a certain amount of time every day or I've got to spend a certain amount of time reading the word or I'm not going to be spiritual. Uh, I've, got to, I've got to do certain things in order for me to be satisfied with who I am as a Christian. I know I'm probably talking to myself tonight, but we put, we put pressure on ourselves and, and the pressure that I'm talking about is this, that we, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll condemn ourselves for not doing what we, what we think are, are according to the pressure that we put on our lives. And, we, and what happens is that the enemy will come and, and condemn more and more. Uh, and, and before you know it, because I haven't been able to do like Brother Robert, perhaps, uh, or maybe I've compared myself to Miss Sarah. You know, we have a tendency a lot of times uh, to compare uh, how we feel on the inside with how somebody looks on the outside. And let me clarify that. Uh, Miss Sarah walks in with a big smile and, and just smiling and happy and all that. And, and I look at her and I say, man, she's just got the joy of the Lord all over her life. And, and she's smiling and all that. And uh, man, I, I feel so bad on the inside. And I compare myself, uh, or, or I, yeah, I compare myself to how she's looking on the outside as opposed to how I'm feeling 
on the inside. You know what the end result of that is? I become more depressed than I was before because I've looked at her and I've seen her smile and I've seen the joy of the Lord on her life, but on the inside of my life, man, I feel like dirt. And so, so we, we do that, and, and uh, once we begin to do that, then the enemy begins to come and condemn us. He begins, to, he begins to say, well, you know, you're not worthy. You're not worth anything. You're of no value. You know, you haven't done this. You didn't do that yesterday. And, and you said this yesterday. You lost it the other day. Uh, and, and just over and over and over again. But I want you to notice something about this verse. Because Paul, <clears throat> he was speaking to the Philippian believers concerning the good thing that God had started in them. Now, and he was confident that, uh, that they will maintain their fruitful activity, that they would maintain, Paul was confident of the Philippian believers that they would, would continue uh, that, that fruitfulness uh, that God had begun in them but at the same time, I want you to notice something. I think it's extremely important. At the same time, his belief was not based upon the ability of the Philippian church, but his belief was based upon the ability of God that had started the work in them and that God would be able to complete that work in them. So you have to ask yourself the question in this, in this passage of Scripture, who started the work in you? Who begun or who began, whatever, the work in you? So who started the work in me? I didn't start it. God started it. You know, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, he said, but you are a chosen generation that you should show forth the praise, the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So by this we can see that we didn't call ourselves I didn't call myself. You didn't call yourself. You say, but pastor, I responded. Yeah, that's what you did. You responded to the, the wooing or the calling of God. You see, God called you, you responded. So he that had begun a good work in you will complete it. Now, so if, if God started the work, Who's going to complete the work? Paul said, I'm confident. I'm not, and he didn't, he didn't say I'm not confident in the Philippian believer. He said, but I'm confident in the God that is working through you. So, Pastor, what's the big deal with that? The big deal is this, that the enemy will put so much pressure on our lives that we've got to do certain things We've got to meet certain criteria. 
We've got to, we've got to abide by certain rules. And listen, don't get me wrong. There is a lifestyle that I believe that the Christian lives. There is a set of standards that I believe every Christian should live by. There's a code of ethics that I think every child of God needs to live by. God didn't save you to loosen you up so that you could live a loose life. He saved you so that you could live a redeemed life. And I believe there's a code of ethics and a, and a set of standards that you and I need to live by. But I want you to understand this. We miss out on so many opportunities for blessing because we allow the enemy to condemn us and lie to us and tell us that we're not worthy of what God wants to do in our lives. And you understand this, that, that if God started the work in me, then who is going to finish the work in me? It's God. He's going to finish it. So, In John chapter 6, verse uh, 28, I'll tell you what, turn, to, turn there to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, uh, verse 28. Now Jesus is talking to uh, to his disciples and others that were uh, there. And, and he had been talking about uh, that he was uh, the bread of life because people had been following him. And Jesus had told him, he said, look, you're not following me uh, uh, because of the, the word that I'm giving you. You're following me because of the miracle that I did. I created bread. You're following me because you want bread. Uh, listen, it's one thing to follow the bread truck, but it's another, another thing to be able how, or, or to know how to make your own bread, all right? So, so Jesus said, I've got, a lot of, I've got a lot of bread truck followers. And he said, but I'm the bread of life. So it's more important to know him than it is to know about his miracles. But anyway, Jesus was talking uh, to these people and, and in uh, John chapter six and verse 28, they asked him this question. They said unto him, Master, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. It's very simple, isn't it? Very simple. This is the work of God, that you might believe on him whom he hath sent. And that word believe is more than just believing tonight. It is a word that explains the, or that, that dictates a continuous believing. In other words, uh, I believe right now that he is, but when I get up in the morning, the same believing that I believe with tonight that he is, I believe that when I get up in the morning that he will, all right? It's not only a believing that he is, but it's a believing that he will and that he can. So it's a continuous believing. And so Jesus said, you want to work the works of God? 
believe, believe on him whom he hath sent. In other words, Jesus said, you got to believe on me if you want to work the works of God. Now, I said all that to say this. Let's go back to Philippians. And I want to I want to take you now to verse 12. And in verse 12, Paul said this. Guys, I want you to understand. I'm I'm just going to paraphrase this. He said, guys, I want you to understand, brethren, that the things which happened to me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. What is he talking about? He's talking about being in prison. He's talking about uh, being put in prison, being bound up, being shackled up in prison. And, uh, and he's writing this letter to the Philippian believers, so it's quite possible that Paul is talking about being in prison uh, in Philippi uh, when... Uh, when you remember the story, cast the devil out of the, the young maiden that was following him around. And she was saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God. And uh, Paul got frustrated with it, turned around, rebuked the devil. And, and the ones that were making money off of this witchcraft and uh, palm reading and divining and all that, they got mad. And, and uh, through Paul and and Silas in prison, and at midnight, at midnight, the Bible says they sang praises and worshiped God, and all of a sudden an earthquake came, a shaking came, and God broke them out of prison. I don't know if this is what Paul is talking about, but it's quite possible that this is the, the experience that he's talking about. But here's the deal. He said the things... Uh, I want you to understand that the things that have happened to me have not depressed, they have not hindered, they have not stopped, they have not shut down, they have not detoured the work of God, but, but rather the things that have happened to me are, are adding to the furthering of the gospel. That's a big deal, guys. That's a big deal. How many of us, the, the last trial that you walked through, how many of you can say, boy, that really expanded the kingdom of God? How many of you can say, man, the last time that I was in that low, low valley and I was weeping and crying and moaning and groaning, man, the kingdom of God was on the move in my life. Come on now. Yeah, see, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Let me move right over here and preach to you. <laughs> so, so Paul said that. And so here's the thing, guys. If Paul had all this confidence in his ability, he couldn't have said that. But I want you to notice what he said. 
he said, this has fallen out, rather, unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds, my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. Look at that. So Paul, Paul is saying, guys, you know, I know, I know you've been praying for me, and I know you've been, you've been uh, interceding for me and all that, but I want you to understand that, that where God's got me right now, where God's got me right now, I'm going to be fruitful where God's got me right now. So if I were to ask you where you are right now, man, I'm, I'm preaching to me tonight. Where I am right now, what's going on in my life right now, am I going to be fruitful in that? Am I, gonna, am I going to expand and extend the borders of my dwelling? Am I going to lengthen the cords of my tent in the midst of my trial? Or am I going to break down and lose it and moan and groan and wonder, God, where are you? God, why are you not hearing me? God, why are you not listening to the cry and the moaning and the groaning of this faithful and holy and righteous servant down here on earth? Or am I going to stand up and say, you know what? In the midst of the mess that I'm in right now, in the midst of the trial that I'm in right now, I am going to make a decision. I am going to further the kingdom of God. You see, it, I, I think if we understand that little principle there, and instead of letting our trial become our entrapment, instead of letting our, our pain become our demise, instead of letting our sorrow become our uh, bed that we lay in, that we can understand that God is, has given us the victory already because I don't need to put so much trust in me. I don't need to put so much faith in me, in my ability, because I didn't start this work. God started this work in me. My responsibility is simple, just to believe God. Is he a healer? Maybe you might be sick right now, and I say, is he a healer? And you say, up. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> if, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, pastor, I just don't feel good. The doctors have said this, and is he a healer? You see, if you put if you put confidence in yourself, you'll say, "Well, this is what the doctors have said." But if you put your if you understand that what God started in me, He is going to complete that. 
Then when I ask, is he a healer? Yes, he's a healer because it has nothing to do with my ability and it, it really doesn't have anything to do with my performance. It has everything to do with his divine, sovereign ability over your life. Now notice, notice this. Paul goes on down and he talks about that his bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. So what's happened now, and, and I want you to catch this, what's happened is what started with, with Paul being chained up, being bound up in prison, and Paul recognizing what God is doing in his life, now what's happening is is that now John and Willinette are noticing. They don't know Jesus. They don't know Christ. But they're noticing. And they're watching me. And I'm bound up and tied up. But in the midst of my bonds, in the midst of my afflictions, I'm sitting there singing, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun, and they see that smile on my face, and all of a sudden, what was happening in me is now affecting them. So it's gotta be bigger than you, and it's gotta be bigger than me, and we've got to see it that it's bigger. We see, when we go through trials and tribulation many times, we see what's happening in me, Oh, you just, Pastor, you just don't understand what's going on in me. You just don't understand the, the struggle that I've been in. Have you ever thought about that God would not have allowed that struggle to come into your life if he had not had the confidence in you that, he, that you would walk through that valley of the shadow of death with your head lifted up high and your joy and your peace uh, overflowing in your life if God had not looked at you? Listen, one thing that we can do is we can turn things around on the devil and say, devil, I, am, I count it all joy that I can walk through this trial because God looked at me and said, look at him. He is faithful and I know that when he walks through it, he's gonna come out on the other side, Job. Come on. Don't get caught up in everything that Job lost. That was just a space, a, a moment of time from the loss until the time that God said, I'm about to restore some things in your life. See, we get, we get, we get caught up on that middle stuff. 
and we're reacting from this over here and God is saying, I want you to keep your eyes on that up there. That's what faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's, it's not the things that I'm seeing with my eyes, but it's those things that I'm hoping for. See, hope is, is futuristic. Hope is not seen. See, if I look at Brother Robert tonight and I say, uh, I hope he's gonna... Uh, I hope he's going to bring me a coconut cake or something tonight. Until I hadn't had dinner yet, brother. I don't see the cake. It's not sitting on my counter. I've not been able to taste it. He might not have even made it yet. But my, my hope says I am seeing that and, and I am seeing it through the eyes of my spirit. See, it's futuristic. All right? So Paul's struggles. I got off on that coconut cake and about lost my whole train of thought there. All right? But Paul said that his bonds are now affecting people around him. His struggles are now affecting people around him. Now, look at verse 14. He said, And many of the brethren in the Lord are waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. <clears throat> All right. The first thing is, Paul was the one that was in the trial. But the way that Paul was reacting in the trial affected, and, and when he said in verse 13 that it affected all those that were in the palace and in other places, I believe those were unsaved people. Those were actually the ones that had put him in prison. They were his captors. They were, they were the ones that, had the, the, that were responsible for putting him in the bonds. And, and Paul said, my reaction to that is affecting them. All right? So that's, that's one place that if you understand that God has begun a good thing in you and he will complete what he started if you understand, it will, it will affect you, but it's going to affect those around you that do not know Christ. Can I tell you this? That there's a lot of people that would watch us as Christians and they would say this. When everything is good and they're on the mountain, They'll sing the praises of God. But let something happen and they go down in the valley and they'll drop out of church. But here's the thing. Paul, Paul said, it ain't gonna happen to me like that because I'm gonna react to this trial in a way that it's gonna make even those that have put the chains around my wrist, they're gonna know there's a God in heaven. 
All right, now here's, here's the other thing, and I'm not going to drag this out, but here's the other thing. It affected those in the palace and other places, but notice in verse 14, and many of their brethren in the Lord. Many of their brethren in the Lord waxed confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So in other words, Paul said, even those that know Christ, that have relationship with God, have been strengthened by the trial that I've gone through. And then he went on down and he said there were some that, that began to preach uh, for different reasons. He said, but the, the word of God went forth with power and authority. So now, we go back to verse 6 where Paul was speaking to the Philippian believers of his confidence in them. And, and he was his confidence in this very thing that he, everybody said he, which has started a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So what Paul was saying to the Philippian church is guys, what God has started in you, he will complete that. And then on down, he said he is modeling that for them because Paul recognized that even in the midst of his struggles, it's all about Jesus. It's all about the kingdom. He was so kingdom focused. He was so zeroed in on the kingdom of God. Everything about his life was about the kingdom of God. All right? When we understand that and we, we, we pick those things apart, we can get this, this nugget out of that. God, it's not about me. It's about you. We, we've got this statement. Brother Tad sends out a text every morning, and he tags that text with, Holy Spirit, if you don't, I can't. See, it's the power of God working in me. It's the power of God working in you. It's the anointing of God that works through your life. It's the Holy Spirit. Listen, uh, you don't need to ask uh, God to guide you. You need to just be led because he will guide you. That's the reason the Holy Spirit has come, to be a guide to you. You don't have to ask God to anoint you because the anointer is inside of you. All you've got to do is release yourself to be anointed. And I'm on a rabbit trail here. I'm going to have to come back. All right? So understand that what God started in you, he will, he will complete it. So don't let, don't let the enemy beat you up and beat you down that you are not performing how man thinks you should perform. It's called that performance trap. And oh my goodness, I, if I'm not careful, I'll fall into that. When I get up on Sunday morning or even when I get up here on Wednesday night, I, if I'm not careful, I'll fall into this thing. I've got 
to have a revelatory word that will that will that will wow that will awe and that will that will just blow people's mind and and God is saying it is not about your revelation it is about my word that any given moment of any given day, the same word that didn't mean anything to you last Sunday can be spoken tonight and it will charge into your spirit like a bolt of lightning and open something up in your life that will cause you to jump and say, wow. You see, it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about him who is on the inside of me. All right. Amen. All right. Paul said this. In verse 18, he said, he said, What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and I will Rejoice, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer. All right, so I want to tag it with this. Remember, Paul was the one that was in the trial. His reaction to the trial and his, his, his trust in God and not in himself caused a reaction to those in the palace and other people around. In other words, his reaction uh, caused uh, other people that were not Christians to react to what God was doing in his life. It went on further than that, and, and Paul's reaction uh, touched even those who were brothers and sisters in Christ and caused them to rise up with a boldness. All right? But Paul's still in the trial. All right, he's still in the bond. He's still going through the trial. All right, but now look at verse 19. For I know this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So what Paul said was this. I know that from way over here, how I'm reacting to this and because of your prayers, this is going to turn to my salvation. This is going to come about, and God's going to do a great work in my life. Amen.